0: All right, so the Eternia review. Welcome. I'm
1: Ben, and, and that's Truman. And I'm Truman. <laughs>
0: I guess I should let you introduce yourself, huh?
1: That's all right. So this week, episode three, Colossor awakes.
0: I mean, it says awakes. That's wrong, right? I I mean, I barely graduated college, but I'm
1: pretty sure it's awakens. I didn't, so I don't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, what
0: were your impressions of Colossor awakes? There was a lot going on. It seemed like it was jam-packed, full of action.
1: I had the same note, and when I went to look at the Amazon X-Ray trademark, finally going to use the right term, one of the general trivia notes is that in the original script, the plot was even more complicated somehow.
0: I mean, I kind of followed what was happening,
1: but it was just so dense of, all right, now we're doing this. Now we're doing this. There was a lot going on. Which, speaking of, so we open on Snake Mountain. Skeletor exits from a skull mobile.
0: A dope skull mobile.
1: While Beastman sleeps on a pile of rags on the floor. That sounds about right. Skeletor wakes up Beastman to boast about his greatest creation, the Collector. The Collector! like That's the name that
0: he came up with for his skull ship. And it's the whole skull ship, right? He couldn't come up with a better name than the Collector. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Poor beast man. I have this, this is the note I have
1: here. It just says poor beast man. He gives about as good as he gets though. That's true. Several times <laughs> through this episode. Yeah, Sky takes some shit this episode. We cut over to the palace where Orco plays space chess with man at arms. They totally
0: ripped that off from Star Wars. It's like literally the same exact board. It's not a circle, I guess, in the Millennium Falcon, but it's like definitely the same thing.
1: When was this episode released? It was after Star Wars, right? Yeah,
0: because the original A New Hope was
1: 79, right? This is in 84. It's a total ripoff of a Space Chest from Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. Orca's losing, interrupts the game by dumping water on Man-at-Arms.
0: I don't understand why everyone just laughs that off. It's like, that's okay. He just dumped a Man-at-Arms drink on top of his head,
1: and Man-at-Arms just like goes, oh! and walks off. It's pretty rude, and also, Man-at-Arm's helmet seems like it has a bunch of electronics in it. So potentially, Orko could have fried Man-at-Arm's brain. Dangerous stuff. They're condoning this behavior of Orko just being a menace. Maybe we'll see something about that in the moral
0: one of these days. One of these days. Like a damaging menace, not even a cute menace.
1: Yeah, because he's not that cute. Skeletor attacks the castle with the Skullmobile, the Collector. What would you have called this vehicle?
0: The Skull. Mm, the Skullmobile is okay. His ship just looks badass. He used a better name than Collector. I mean, like the skeleton ship?
1: So the skeleton ship starts shooting lasers that turn people into stone. Prince Adam sneaks off to a corner of the garden and transforms into He Man. Man
0: at Arms is not
1: scared. He says as much. Yeah, while shooting a pistol at. Wait, sorry, the Skull ship? Skella. The skeleton ship? Yeah, I'm still not sold on the name. Man-at-arms is turned to stone immediately, tumbles off the balcony, and is caught by He-Man, fortunately, before he is crushed into a million pieces.
0: I noticed that when uh, Skeletor first showed up, Tila is like, oh, we better take cover. Not, like, super scared about it. Not urgent about it at all. Just, well, you better take cover, your highness. Almost as if this is sort of a common occurrence in Eternia. Skeletor turns man in arms into a statue and then some guards into a statue. He pulls another lever inside the Skeletor and then turns statues to life because it does the reverse too. I still don't understand why this is called the Collector. So it's like gathering what? It's gathering energy, which he does use later on so he's collecting energy from the people turning them into statues and sending that energy into
1: statues to make them come to life because science it's the property of opposites i'm sure that's what it's called so a lion and some other statues start attacking
0: they're really easily defeated
1: Orco and ram man and a bird guy show up stratos
0: show some respect he's the king of birds or something
1: I don't remember who it is, but someone calls the statues Pebble Pebblebrain. Um, Beastman throws some shade as Battlecat outwits the lion.
0: Your enemies are more clever than you think, Skeletor.
1: He-Man and Tila jump onto one of the flying speeder bikes.
0: He-Man says something, like, whoever that is, an ion blast ought to scare him off. So he doesn't know that the skull-shaped ship is Skeletor. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. So remember the last episode, you were talking about the production order was different. Was this one actually
1: before any of the other episodes? Because you said this one was actually something. I was wondering that same thing. This is the 19th episode that was produced. Oh, so
0: no. I, even in this timeline of the way this is arranged in viewing order and the production order, it makes no goddamn sense for He-Man to not know who was in the skull ship the scholarship. ship.
1: There's some other things about this episode that make it feel really unpracticed as well. The voice acting from He-Man especially is awful. Yeah, it's really stilted. Skeletor's ship takes some hits, fires back at He-Man's ship, fighting continues in the courtyard, the statues are defeated, and Skeletor flies off for some reason.
0: Stratos drops a flower pot on one of the statues' head, which obviously defeats them. Orko does some Orko thing, That defeats something. The one that's fighting Cringer just runs into the wall and smashes to a hundred pieces.
1: The one with Orko, he tricks it into jumping into a pool of water.
0: Ah, yes, because that would defeat a statue. So is it still down there? Statues don't drown, right? I mean, they don't breathe. Assuming they're like living statues from D&D, they can swim underwater, right? And then like Ram Man just rams one. That dude's got to have so many concussions. He's practically a football lineman. Like the dude's got CT up the wazoo. He's always dazed.
1: He's built like a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy dwarf. The top of his head is perfectly flat. Do you think it started that way?
0: Uh, No. I think he was a perfectly normal dwarf person who had his legs chopped off in a tragic mining accident. And some crazy scientist decided to replace his legs with springs. So he bounces around and he fights things by ramming into them. With his head. Because that's what Ram
1: Man does. He may have even started off proportioned like human. And then the repeated ramming has sort of crunched him down. When his springs are fully extended, he's like the height of a
0: human, right? That would make sense. Poor Ram Man. They give a good old yahoo as they beat all the statues. Then they go to the workshop where they get Man-at-Arms down in a Man-at-Arms workshop. Where Queen Marlene is just like, well, I'm going to use some earth science. The extent of my earth science tells me... uh If we don't resolve this by sundown, it's going to be permanent because my earth science can tell that kind of thing.
1: Part of the original complicated script had shots of the sun setting intercut with the action. So they were really going to drive the drama. It is not present in this episode.
0: Yeah, that would have made it a lot more dramatic. I like how when Prince Adam showed up to the workshop, he did this like hard sell of, oh my God, Tila, what happened? And no one comments, where were you, Prince Adam? No one even says anything. They're just like, oh, yeah, well, uh, he was turned into a statue
1: by some mysterious person flying a skull ship. There's an excellent opportunity that the He-Man scriptwriters have missed, which is just to constantly make fun of Prince Adam for not being around. Tila and the king, his, I guess, adopted father... I don't know. He calls the queen mother. I don't think he ever calls the king father, though. Does he call him king? Maybe they haven't addressed one another.
0: I don't think so. I don't think anybody's talked to the king. The king just sort of
1: hangs out and makes comments every once in a while.
0: And he laughs heartily when Orko does something mean to Man at arms It's possible that the king is like a sixth sense ghost. Could be. At this point, we don't know. Mysteries remain.
1: But really play up how disappointed the queen is in her son. Never pitching in, never contributing,
0: always dipping out when there's trouble, which there's constantly trouble. He always runs off to the garden to smoke weed. That's probably what she thinks she's doing. She's probably from Earth. She's got to be hip, right? If this is the 80s, she's from the 70s or 60s or whatever. Hippie space scientist.
1: Yeah, sort of a green-flowing 60s dress kind of fashion situation beastman carries the energizer for skeletor we cut over to their dastardly plan he's got
0: terrible lifting technique osha would have a field day with him oh man (laughs) i missed that he's just holding it out in front of him not lifting with his legs
1: just kind of like there's like it doesn't even make sense how he's holding it he vows to one day be the boss he's got some designs on skeletor's position one day.
0: So we find out that Colossus is the statue. And he's got to put energy into it for science reasons.
1: To wake it up. And this is what the Collector is doing, ultimately. The Collector is collecting life force from the denizens of Eternia. Which I didn't figure out until later. I didn't either. It's a very complicated plot for a 80s children's cartoon.
0: He-Man's at Castle Grayskull because the sorceress tells He-Man to seek the fire diamonds.
1: And she says it in a way where it's sort of a mysterious prophecy, but then immediately undercuts it. He-Man, you'll have to walk through fire for this one to go get the fire jewels.
0: Very mysterious. I wonder if he's going to have some sort of problem with fire. I didn't catch that on my first run through, though, actually. Like that, oh, you'll have to walk through fire. That's what I call foreshadowing, Truman. (laughs) The real subtle touch here.
1: Yeah, that's That's great. I was really excited for this next scene. We cut over to a farmer in a field with a horse nearby. Because it's the first time in Eternia that we've seen a normal person doing normal person things. And then he's immediately turned to stone by Skeletor.
0: Just minding his own goddamn business. And Skeletor comes over with his Collector scholarship and turns him
1: into a statue. Evelyn calls up Skeletor to let him know that He-Man is retrieving the fire jewels.
0: What do you want, Evil-Lyn? And Evil-Lyn's like, your power! Ha! Nerd! (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) It's so good.
0: Oh, it's great.
1: So both Beastman and Evil-Lyn are gunning for Skeletor's position. And they have nothing but non-stop sass for him. Why would you even want Skeletor's job? It's getting mad and laughing all the time.
0: He controls Snake Mountain, so I guess you get the power of Snake Mountain but then you have to continuously try to capture Gray Grayskull. I don't know. I think they just like working for him because they can give him a bunch of shit all the time. Maybe they're just all really good friends. Maybe the true evil was friendship all along, Truman.
1: <laughs> it was at this point after Skeletor froze the poor farmer that I finally put it together. In my notes, I have apparently this is to collect energy to awaken Colossor. That's actually literally where I put,
0: oh, Skeletor is sucking energy out of the people. Yeah, same time.
1: We're both quick on the uptake. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it was very clear from the narrative what exactly Skeletor's plan was. He Battle Cat all set off in the car with the tread wheels. Three question marks in my notes.
0: Oh, I didn't even notice that, but I remember that stupid tread wheel. So, like, the treads like flop and then suck and then flop and then shoot. It is so hard to
1: describe. Imagine a tank, but instead of having all the little wheels inside the tread, it's just got one offset and the tread is, yeah, just like flopping around over and over.
0: It like shoots the vehicle forward on the tread and then flops the tread over 180 degrees and then shoots it forward again. Like it makes no sense.
1: What is the utility of that vehicle?
0: could you theoretically climb something? No, it wouldn't even work. Like I, it's like a tread, just a crappy tread. Cause unless you're on perfectly flat ground, it's not really going to work very well.
1: And the treads on the opposite sides of the vehicle are also offset. So while one is flopping, the other one is, uh, shooping.
0: So <laughs> the technical terms,
1: which I guess propels the tank car, whatever it is forward at a constant rate, but it, it makes it even goofier somehow.
0: It's so weird.
1: They encounter a swamp bat, which would normally not be a problem, except that Beastman is there to sort of egg it on.
0: Yeah, he mind controls it to be angry. But then He-Man has a flash grenade and problem solved.
1: For the second time and not the last, even in this episode, they defeat an enemy with flashing lights.
0: In the Bakul episode too, right? teela used a flashbang to scare off the shadow monsters this is some continuity you know they have the same uh weapon stash
1: he-man enters the cave grabs a handful of fire jewels which are more like fire berries they're quite small there's a whole pile of them
0: did you notice that he-man until he saw beast man didn't know a skeletor as soon as he saw a beast man he's like oh it's skeletor that's who's doing this so who are the
1: other villains not associated with Skeletor running around Eternia that could be causing problems? In a
0: skull ship, no less. It's obvious. Didn't Skeletor taunt He-Man from his skeleton ship? Privately, though. I thought it was from a loudspeaker. I thought he, like,
1: talked shit to He-Man. He had a little speaker come out from the Collector. And, I'll get you, He-Man! So here's the question. Which of the Indiana Jones was the one with the swapping the idol for the bag and then the big rolling ball.
0: That's the first one.
1: And when did that come out?
0: After this.
1: So He-Man takes some of the fire berries and I guess no rolling ball, but lava starts pouring out from everywhere.
0: I got some Aladdin vibes from it too. I mean, he takes a treasure from the cave of eternal wonder or whatever the hell it is. And then the thing starts melting and it's all turns to lava and stuff.
1: And when did Aladdin come out? That
0: was in the 90s. So that definitely was cribbing this.
1: Groundbreaking stuff from Mm -hmm. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe.
0: Aladdin did a much better job with it. But you saw it here first. Oh, hey, Indiana Jones came out in 1981. So Raiders of the Lost Ark came out before He-Man. And I was wrong about Star Wars just just because I'm on the internet now looking at it. 1977 was when Episode 4 came out.
1: Yeah, we would have gotten so much hate mail. Yeah, from all of our negative five listeners, they'd be like, "Hey, hey, you rock!" Beastman reports that He-Man is smarter than anticipated. Once again, it's like the third time he said, "They're more clever than you think." Skeletor. Skeletor is aghast at this, but is distracted because Colossor wakes up.
0: He's got a mad six-pack. Colossor does. He's a buff statue. I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for giant creatures, but Colossor is a pretty cool design. I liked his head thing that he had going on.
1: The one eye in his forehead, spiky ears or something.
0: They had like kind of a bull horn, sort of spiky ear situation kind of thing going on. And then there's a person body. So I guess it really wasn't that great. I just am a sucker for giant monsters. Pretty cool though.
1: Colossor asks who has woken him up and Skeletor tells him, I did. And then I guess Colossor is like, well, thanks. I'll do what you say now. Yeah, pretty much. Just like, okay. There's no control jewel like there was with uh, Bakul. It's
0: a easier deal with some sort of evil creature.
1: This is the part where the plot of Colossor Awakes really kind of goes off the rails. <laughs> this is, this is what it is? We cut over to He-Man who crushes the fire jewels and deposits it in the Sorceress' magic bowl. Tilo's
0: definitely checking out He-Man when he's crushing that stuff. After he crushed it, there's a little shot of her, like with her eyebrows raising up for a second.
1: That's great. I missed that. The Sorceress does a little magic thing and produces out of the magic bag the ray fuser.
0: It's a little six-pack ring, right? It's just like a two-pack ring little can holder together or, you know, like it's, it's a little infinity symbol. Like it's like made out of plastic,
1: perfectly sized for putting over Skeletor's collector. <laughs> no sense.
0: <laughs> made no sense. All right. Uh, and at some point Ram man had gotten the statue. I don't remember that happening. I remember Orco getting a statue, but Ram man was statued at this point, right? He got the little infinity six pack ring and the way he stops Skeletor is by fighting his way onto the ship, putting the little ring around the two controllers, because there was one that he pulled to collect the energy and one to invert it and send it into the statue. So he puts the rings around both of the handles at the same time. They glow and they turn the same color. And now when he pulls it,
1: it makes everybody back alive again. Because it fuses the power of the stone and the aliveness.
0: It doesn't make any
1: sense. The whole time this is happening, Colossor is approaching Castle Grayskull and the sorceress, psychic, radio brains He-Man that there's trouble that he needs to come back and help out. Because
0: she's flying around Colossor's head, just annoying him, slowing him down. But he's still alive uh, whatever stupid MacGuffin that solves their problem doesn't solve Colossor, so He-Man just runs over there, punches him in the ankle, and breaks his ankle.
1: <laughs> but not without the help of friends. First, Orko blinds Colossor with more light. Man-at-arms shoots a like grappling hook around his legs. And then the
0: Stratos push him over. rand man does something, but I think he just runs into him and Hurts
1: himself again. He rams one of the legs and then just sort of bounces off and falls down.
0: And then is that when He Man punches the foot into a million pieces? Just to like knock the Colossor while he's down? I don't even remember what happens. I don't remember how they solved that.
1: The Colossor problem?
0: Yeah, the giant Colossor problem.
1: It it's exactly that. Orco blinds him, man at arm shoots a grappling hook around his legs, which is maybe another Star Wars callback. Yeah. When they're, now I'm going to get hate mail, the AT-ATs. <laughs> yeah, that's what they are, the at Yeah. they're AT-ATs. The four-legged walking ones that they have to tie up their legs with the speeder things mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Ram Man rams him and does nothing. Stratos pushes him over. Then they say, oh, he's down, but he's not out, because they're full of one-liners in He-Man. And then He-Man punches him in the leg, and that crumples his whole body. Into rubble,
0: but then Skeletor
1: shows back up, shoots a laser at He Man,
0: who reflects it with his sword because the sword is dope. Third Star Wars reference that's the third star. Oh, with the lightsaber, yeah, all sorts of Star Wars in this episode.
1: Everyone regroups at the castle. Orko tries to take credit, man at arms frightens him with his shadow. Everyone has a good laugh, yep,
0: ha 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 ha. There is a good continuity thing. When Skeletor's ship goes through shows back up, there's still the hole ripped in the side of it. He-Man ripped a hole in it, and they still had it there at the end of the episode. I was very proud of the animators.
1: The shot of He-Man breaking into the Skeletor ship is also pretty good. His hair is like waving around in the wind. So given all of that, what would you think the moral is about to be that they're going to hit us with?
0: <laughs> okay. So with this episode, the moral has got to be... Teamwork makes the dream work, or something. You know, you can always count on your friends to help each other out.
1: Because there are several occasions where He Man mentions that he's going to need help from Tila to get the Fire Jewels, from Stratos and Ram Man, and everybody else to defeat Colossor.
0: And a lot of team effort going on. But that's not what it is. That's not what it is, though. What is not it? Not even close. Exercise.
1: <laughs> Go running. Because running brings you closer to nature.
0: And they do a whole cutesy like Tila and He-Man are running and then they talk about how great running is and then He-Man's like that would make a great lesson for the week.
1: (laughs) And Tila's like you already did it. Oh did we? I guess I did. He-Man says that last part while mugging at the camera. He-Man is a show aimed at children. While they're giving the lesson about running they also do take the time to mention that you should consult with your doctor before starting any exercise regimen. That's
0: Good to tell children so they can talk to their doctor first to make sure that they're in the right physical condition to start strenuous exercise, I guess.
1: Or the writers of He-Man are so forward-thinking that they'll realize in the year 2021 (laughs) two 32-year-old dudes will be watching this and think.
0: I should go running. I better talk to my doctor first. He-Man told me to.
1: I think this is a fun game. Guess the lesson based on the context of the show and then see how close you're actually going to get. It's a fake game because we've already watched the show, but
0: it's a real game.
1: What we could do is take turns, not watching the lesson and then actually have to guess. Okay. We could do that. We should do that. Do you want to do the first one or shall I do the first one?
0: I guess this week, so you can guess next week. Okay. I,
1: I fake guess this week. So I will pause before the lesson comes up and guess. Where does Prince Adam keep He-Man's sword? Because it's bigger than his
0: shirt, right? He pulls it out from behind his like shoulders.
1: When it shows shots of He-Man, you can see the pommel of the sword over his shoulder. Maybe Prince Adam keeps it in the small of his back. There is size-changing magic in this universe,
0: right? The sorceress changes from a human to like a hawk all the time. Just all the time. And... It makes sense that the sword could change sizes, too.
1: That's a fair point. Yeah, there's magic in this world. People already, as we talked about last episode, can't really put two and two together that He-Man and Prince Adam, who share an exact likeness, are not the same person.
0: It's the magic of the pecs.
1: One of the things this episode that I was happy to see is that the Hapless Guards, four of them in total... Across all the times that Skeletor is flying around randomly sniping people with a statue ray, the random guards are included in the group of people that gets turned back to life. That's good. I kind of thought they were going to be left out. The farmer is fucked.
0: Yeah, the farmer is definitely still a statue on in his field. There's no way. The laser ray came from the Skeletor ship, right? So did they take the skeleton ship back over there to
1: de the farmer? Do they even know? I don't know that they would know, and also He-Man baseball bats the laser back at the skeleton, and then it flies off into the horizon at the end of the episode. So they don't have access to the laser ray anyway. That's not
0: good. There's a bunch of serfs off in the countryside that are all statues. Who's going to farm for the lords? One of the things I think this episode was really a good example of is how the show was designed to sell toys because there's a lot of new vehicles and it showcases all of the characters in a way the skeleton and then the tank tread the tank tread the attack track
1: i looked up the name
0: key man uses some bolas at one point to trip up beast man so like he's got all his cool weapons
1: lots of accessories to sell with the toys There's a pretty interesting uh, show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. And there is an episode about He-Man. So maybe we'll have to do a special podcast episode about that.
0: There's also uh, a literal The Castle Grayskull documentary. Like there's one about He-Man. By the Power of Grayskull, I think is
1: what it's called. That's on the list. We should watch it at some point. I have a few other things to talk about. All right, lay them on me. Okay, so this feeds into, I think, your desire to get into the geopolitical situation in Eternia. What I noticed is that Eternia is riddled with ancient artifacts of who are these lost civilizations? Did the king come to power among them? Or has everybody come to Eternia like the queen did, stumbled upon this place and started setting up shop among The Fire Jewels and the Diamond Ray of Disappearance and Colossor and Bakul and the Crystal Sea and the Oracle. And it's three episodes, but there's so much stuff just littering the landscape.
0: The Castle of Eternia, it's like crumbling. The walls are crumbling down and they're there living in a castle built amongst the ruins, right? That is... Something I noticed too. I mean, that's an interesting idea that it's basically like a land for lost toys where everything else ends up and then amongst the rubble, a
1: kingdom of Eternia emerges. I hope that we get some more backstory about the king, for instance, his name. Yeah, that would be good. What do you think his name is? What's the queen's name? Marlena, Prince Adam, Tila, Man at Arms. Is
0: that his name?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Orco, Ramman, Stratos. Some people are named for their superpower. Some people have American names. And some people have fantasy whatever names. The only person who has
0: uh American name is Prince Adam, whose mom is from Earth, so it kinda makes sense. But the king's name, I think it's like something with an R. Roland or something. I'm just gonna guess Roland.
1: Roland is a good king name. It's either that or it's Golden Crown or <laughs> King. King, King. All right, I had one last note. He-Man has a lot of things that he has to do. This episode especially.
0: Yes, you know, just all doing things this episode.
1: Oh, which by the way, so here's the original plot from the script. The sorceress uses a magic mirror to show He-Man and Tila where the fire jewels are located which they just already know in this episode. He-Man, Teal, and Battle Cat traverse a geyser field, which appears in a different episode, but the attack track is damaged, which forces them to ride Battle Cat the rest of the way. He-Man encounters a large snake that guards the Fire Jewels, and while all of this action is taking place, the shots of the setting sun indicate the race against time, in the finale, Human deflects Skeletor's final attack in The Collector, thereby turning Skeletor to stone and destroying the vehicle. So there was sort of a real ending.
0: They actually beat Skeletor.
1: Which, in another piece of trivia, apparently they cut together the first three episodes into a movie and showed it at an actual theater to a bunch of people who left extremely disappointed. And what did they expect?
0: i don't know how how would that make a movie
1: it was called the greatest adventures or something like that that's a bold statement okay he man has a lot of stuff to do but he does not have challenges that he has to overcome
0: yeah it's like tasks it's not difficult for him any of the things that he does because he is by definition the most powerful
1: man in the universe so Everything he does is a cakewalk, right? So the only drama in this show is what happens to He-Man's companions.
0: I and mean, the drama here being that if they don't finish it in time, Man-at-Arms will turn to stone permanently, which they know for reasons.
1: Or in the Diamond Ray, that the King and Queen and Man-at-Arms and whoever else got disappeared will remain disappeared.
0: Prince's adam person is not in any sort of peril at any time. No, because he's always in the garden smoking <laughs> weed. Yeah. He's just in the garden smoking weed, telling Cringer, his cat, that no one else can understand about all of what he would do if he were the most powerful man in the universe.
1: Yeah, that's the like, it's all a dream angle. It's just Prince Adam smoking weed in the garden. Prince Adam, the ultimate unreliable narrator. Some deep stuff right there. Maybe He Man will have an arc over the coming 117 remaining episodes, but I don't know. What else do you have this episode?
0: Mostly that it seems like Skeletor and Beastman and Evil Inn I know that the intention is to make it seem like they're all evil so they just don't get along because evil can never cooperate. But they just have cute nicknames for each other, you know, like Skeletor is always calling Beastman Beastie thirty times this episode. Nah Beastie yeah they're talking shit to each other but i could see having that kind of relationship with my friends so maybe the evil people are actually all just really good friends having adventures together i'm thinking they're the good guys well maybe not the good guys they
1: are you know statuing serfs and stuff but yeah the farmer would disagree with you
0: i mean it's just a matter of perspective i guess
1: but they are friends while they're doing it
0: and that's the true power uh that you gain along the way friendship the second time i made that joke are they better friends than he-man at all Orco shows affection through practical jokes and pranks and dumping water on man head but skeletor and his friends just make fun of each other and give each other a hard time through what could be
1: friendly ribbing it could be thinly disguised rage but it could be friendly ribbing
0: Beastman also says stuff about how when he's in charge, things are going to be different, you know, like classic Starscream Megatron relationship there, where he just always wants to betray his
1: overlord. I look forward to seeing the friendship between Beastman and Skeletor and Evil Lynn grow. I do too. That's all I got. How do we sign off on the attorney at review? We're not always going to get a golden joke.
0: No, it can't all be perfection like that. Uh, Just hit him with like, we'll see you next week on the Eternia review. All right. This good old classic.